Welcome to Epiphany Brooklyn's podcast. I am Brandon Watts, lead pastor here at Epiph. Thanks so much for tuning in. Our desire is to join Jesus in his mission to redeem our city. May God bless you as you listen and consider subscribing so that you can tune in each week. Grace and peace. Come on, if your testimony is that you went from death to life, can you just make some noise for Jesus in this room? Come on, only people that went from death to life should lift up a praise in this room. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Father, this is our testimony. I think Ephesians says it best, Father, that we were dead in the trespasses of our sins. We were by nature children of wrath, but God, being rich in mercy, because of his great love, made us alive together with Christ. You took us from death to life. And so, Father, because you've ransomed our dead hearts and opened our blinded eyes, we will forever give you praise. We, our lives will mimic what you have done in that moment when you saved us. So, Father, we thank you for all that you do and all that you continue to do. This is our testimony that we have a great God, a gracious God, and a kind God. It's in Christ's name we pray. Can everybody say amen? Amen. Amen. Well, grace and peace be multiplied to you guys in the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ, our Lord. What up, a piff? What it is, dough, and all that stuff. <laughs> it's real good to be, uh, be gathered with the people of God. Um, the Bible says, don't despise the days of small beginnings. And it's so good to be in this room with people. It's been a long, long, long year and a half. And many of you, how many of you, this is your first time in person, in like in the building service, not outside. Okay, some of you, oh, okay, there we are. Some hands are going up. This is definitely our first time being in service. And I'm grateful for um, the ability that we have to, uh, you can keep playing, my, my, my man. Um, the ability that we have to gather together. Welcome to those of you who are online. Uh, if you're not here, well, we just opened up the space very temporarily today just for our, um, our leaders and our volunteers. And then next week we will open up uh, for everybody. But we're in a new season, man. We're in a new, new building. A new opportunity is before us to spread the gospel. And I don't know about y'all. Anybody excited about this next season that man, the church is in? Man, if you're home, just go ahead and share this link and let somebody know, hey, the, the church is in a new spot and you, you should jump on. They're actually about to get into the word of God. Speaking of that, grab your Bibles, go to Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5 is where we are. Hey, let me um, double up on what Gabe said. You know, uh, over the last two weeks, we have been extremely, extremely, extremely busy with moving things around, you know, moving a church from one building to another is is different than moving in your house. It's just a lot of technical equipment, a lot of sensitive equipment, a lot of cords, a lot of uh, just stuff hanging around, stuff you forget about. You know how when you move and you look and you move stuff, you like, dang, I ain't see that in 10 years. Uh, that's the stuff we were finding. But shout out to everybody that's put their hand to the plow, everybody that painted and, and moved something and cleaned up. I mean, every day this weekend and last weekend, I would walk in this space no matter what time, whether it was late at night or early in the morning and somebody was here and they were doing something. And we don't want that to, we don't want to take that for granted. We are grateful for you. Uh, this is phase one. Somebody say phase one. Phase one. 
This is phase one of our transition, uh, meaning that this is a temporary meeting space upstairs for us. Um, our, our goal is to, uh, for the next four to six months, renovate downstairs. We've already submitted the permits and we've got things going for downstairs. And we're going to, downstairs is going to completely, the whole downstairs is going to be our sanctuary. And uh, upstairs, kind of where I'm standing is going to be kid space and um, some offices and, you know, a little multi-purpose meeting space up here. So uh, this is transition uh, one. This is phase one. Re renovations are happening downstairs. Upstairs, uh, we'll be meeting and then we'll switch in the next four to six months. We'll go downstairs to a permanent uh, sanctuary, if you will. Uh, but man, God has redeemed a club. Like, like how dope is that? God has redeemed the club. How many of y'all was in here clubbing? Come on, put them hands. Come on now. I see you. I see you. God has redeemed it. I was up here cleaning. I painted somewhere around here, and I found some weed and some blunts, and I did. I found a bottle of Moet over there. It, uh, it, it was just that type of a space. I think this was the VIP uh, lounge. Somebody been clubbing. Yeah, yes, it is. Yes, it was. Uh, but there's still a lot of work ahead of us, and I, I just want to encourage you guys to stay tuned. We still need help. This, this transition is not over. There's still a lot that we're still trying to do, even for the next four to six months. One of the things I told our staff and our team is that I, I, I don't want this transition season to be one that we're just, like, doing patchwork. Like, everything we do, we should do it with excellence. This is the, this is the church of the living God. And everything we, should, we do, we should always put our best effort so for the next four to six months, we want to even beautify this space a little bit more as we continue to work downstairs. And we got a lot of work ahead of us. I want to put something before you really quickly. Um, one of the things that often people don't think about when you're, you know, when you get a space and you, you're moving is oftentimes we don't think about the finances that go along with it. And by God's grace, you guys have been gracious and you have been generous. And I want to thank you. We were not able to get in this space unless you guys gave in 2018 up to 2020 in the capital campaign. Uh, but I do want to lay before you uh, that the work that is being required downstairs and some of the equipment that we have to upgrade that just didn't transition from the smaller space to um, a bigger space we're just in need of a few more dollars. In fact, I'll lay it before you. We are hoping between now and December to raise $60,000. And I think I'm, I'm never afraid to ask God's people for money. It's John 3:16 that says, for God so loved the world that he gave. Like he's, he's the motivation for us giving because he gave and he didn't just give anything. He gave Jesus. Like beat that. And, and so we're hoping to raise $60,000 within the next um, two months be between now and the end of December. And so if you think about the church, there will be a drop down in our giving that says, are you ready? Somebody just say, are you ready? If you click on that drop down and you put um, any type of resources or finances in that, are you ready? Uh, it will, um, let me tell you this, it'll be multiplied. And let me tell you what I mean by that. By God's grace, we were able to secure a outside partner, two outside partners that are matching the 60,000. Tell me that ain't dope. So when you give a dollar, it's really two dollars. When, when you give ten dollars, it's really 20. When you give a hundred, it's really 200 and, and, and so on. And I just believe that, you know, the, the way God's 
church continues to operate is through his people. It would be great if he just dropped a stack in the bank, but he don't do that. He provides through you guys. And so uh, my wife and I are going to be the first partakers in that. And we're going to make sure that we are giving to that uh, between now and December. And we would ask that you guys join us. Amen. All right, let's dig into the word of God. My responsibility is to preach. I told you Luke chapter five is where we are. Um, Pick me up in verse one. It says, on one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, would you do me a favor and just underline that or highlight it some way in your, in your phone to hear the word of God? He was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, and he saw two boats by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, which is Peter, he asked him to put out a little bit from the land. And he sat down, underlined this phrase, and taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon or to Peter, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered him, Master, we've toiled all night and we took nothing but at your word, I will let down the net. And when he had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish and their nets were breaking. Let me say that again. Their nets were breaking and they signaled to their partners and the other boats to come help them. And they came and then they filled their boats. Pay attention to this. And their boats began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, depart from me for I am a sinful man, O Lord, for he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had caught, that they had taken. And so also were James and John, the son of Zebedee, who were partners of Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. Verse 11 is very important. And when they had brought their boats to the land, they left, somebody say, everything. They left everything and they followed him. I want to preach today from a very short period of time from the topic entitled Breaking Nets and Seeking Boats. Would you, would you just say that with a, with a little swag in here? Just say breaking nets and sinking boats. Let's look to the Lord real quick. Father, we do realize that we need you moment by moment, second by second, and this moment is no different. I'd fall flat on my face if you don't use me for your glory. We couldn't understand your word if you don't use us for your glory. And so, Father, we pray that the Holy Ghost would be present right now. As we dig into your word and we unpack your word, Father, speak to our situations. That's one of the things I love, Lord, about the word is that we can come in here with 20 different situations. And one word can impact all of us. So, Father, would you do that today? Take my scraps and make something of them. In Christ's name, I give glory. Amen. Breaking nets and sinking boats. I really do believe that as a church, we are on the brink of something, something new. I think I just feel like we're in a, in a season of, of something that is new. In fact, I started to have the worship team sing Israel and New Breeds. It's a new season. It's a new day. Fresh anointing is blowing my way. I think it's flowing my way. I haven't heard it in a while. 
But we're on, we're on the brink of something new. I mean, we, we are slowly but surely coming out of a pandemic. Let me just caution us to say, be careful. We are not out of a pandemic. We are sitting in here with masks on for a reason. But, but we're coming out of something that was happening in 2020 and the beginning of 2021, and we're coming into something new. In fact, in a few months, we'll be into a whole brand new year. It's something new happening. Here we are in a new building by God's grace, by God's provision, we're able to gather again. This is new for us. We haven't done this in so long. Some, of, so some people, some of you don't even know each other. You might have chatted online, but you don't know each other. We are in a new season. And it's interesting, you know, God has designed the church to work and work well when you're gathering. That's why the Bible talks about do not neglect meeting together. It is something important that happens when the body gets with the body. We are on that brink of something New. And I believe that the fruitfulness of the next season is predicated on how we interact and understand the passage that is before us. Let me say that again. I, I really do believe that the fruitfulness of your next season, not just Epiphany's next season, but your personal next season, I think it depends on how we interact and understand the passage that is before us. When I came off sabbatical, I don't know if y'all heard me say it, but I've tried to beat this drum as loud as I could. And I kept saying, I think revival is about to take place. I, I just really believe that people, you know, a lot of churches grow by transferred growth. One person leaving one church and then coming to another church. But I think this next season, the church grows by conversions by people that are dead in, 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 in their hearts and they come alive together with Christ. As the song talks about my testimony going from death to life, I think this next season we will see that take place. And I would ask you to join me in that. I believe that extraordinary growth is ahead of us. Let me say that again. I believe that extraordinary growth is ahead of us. And I, I think that more people will be giving their life to the Lord. You should praise God for that. I believe that more people will move from unbelief to belief. More people will move from death to life. Once they get life, more people will move from spiritual infancy to spiritual maturity, which is spiritual growth. I believe that there's more baptisms that's going to take place. In fact, my prayer has been, God, let us run out of water. Amen. Just got so many people that are giving their life to the Lord. And this is not hyperbole. I believe that the next season, more disciples will be made. Shout out to Yolanda for her faithfulness and bringing our discipleship stuff together. I believe that the next season is what we'll see is, is disciples taking place in restored marriages. And we'll see more singles walking in purity and walking in holiness. Somebody just say more. more. I th and I think God has positioned Epiphany Church to really make great impact in this borough that is filled with people. But I don't just think that the increase or, or this next season of growth is just for us corporately, but I think it is also true for you as an individual. I believe that this next season can be some of the stuff that you've prayed for in the last season. You are closer in this season to it. Some of the stuff that you've worked for and some of the stuff you're going to school for and some of those businesses that you started, I, I just believe that we are closer and closer and closer. My burden and my passion this morning through Luke chapter 5 is to pastor and to prepare you for growth, expansion, and impact. I'm going to prepare us. I'm going to prepare you as an individual. I'm going to prepare us corporately. And I want to prepare those of you who are piped in right now online. I want to prepare us for growth, for expansion, and for impact, the passage before us 
is going to help us with that. We're introduced to a few characters here. There, there's a guy by the name of Peter here. They're calling him Simon in the text. It's the same person. Jesus changes his name later. We're introduced to James and we're introduced to John. And Peter, James, and John are all fishermen. And they're about to experience a massive increase. And they're about to catch fish where they could not catch it the night before. They're, they're, let me say it another way. They're about to experience growth in a season that was dead the night before. An area where they couldn't catch any fish, they're now about to experience growth, expansion, and impact. And I think there's a couple of principles that we can gain from Luke chapter 5 if we pay close attention. Sometimes we read the Word of God, we just move past it pretty quickly, but... I think that there are some principles that we can gain out of Luke chapter 5. In fact, I have three principles that I want to show you that are here. Verse uh, 1 and 3 show us the first one. And by, by the way, y'all can talk back. I know y'all got masks on, but it's all good. Y'all can talk back. It, it, it'll get you out of here a little bit earlier when I feel like we're conversating. All right, first principle, check it out. Verse 1 says, On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret. Let me highlight, to hear the word of God. They were pressing in on him to hear the word of God. Listen, I didn't lose my place. I'm trying to get this point across. They were pressing in on Jesus to hear the word of God. Okay, so now that they're pressing, what do you do, Jesus? Verse 3, getting into a boat, with, which is Simon's, he asked him to put out a little bit from the land, and he sat down and taught the people. So pick it up. They, they are pressing in on Jesus in verse 1 to hear the word of God. Verse 3, Jesus doesn't deny them the word. The Bible says he tells Peter, pull back a little bit. Let me sit in your boat and let me talk about the word of God. In verse 1 and verse 3, Jesus is taking full advantage of the opportunity to preach and teach the word of God. And this is very typical for Jesus. This is normally how he operated. If you know anything about Jesus' movement and his rhythm, Jesus typically would see a crowd and start teaching. And that's, that's, that's Jesus' normal behavior. Remember when he was in Peter's house? The Bible says that the crowd was so thick, people were hanging out the windows. They couldn't get the friend in, so they went up to the top of the roof and they began to rip it apart and lower down the friend. But why were people in the house? They were in the house because the Bible says that Jesus was teaching in the house. You know how many times he taught in the synagogue? In fact, if you go to the very next chapter, you see Jesus teaching. What was drawing the crowd was not gimmicks. What was drawing the crowd was not circus and candy. What was drawing the crowd was Jesus' ability to teach the word of God. In other words, the bait for expansion and growth when you are fishing is dependent on your proximity to the word of God. Please don't miss this. I ain't got a lot of deep points, but this is one of them. The, 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 the bait for expansion, please hear me at home, is your proximity to the word of God. Say that one more time. The bait for expansion and growth, not just for epiphany, but in your personal life is your proximity to the word of God. You want to know how to get that business off the ground. You need to stop going around and taking all of these classes. Please do those things. But your proximity to the word of God and seeing what God wants you to do will show you growth and expansion. 
Some of you trying to figure out that relationship. What should I do with this relationship? Your proximity to the word of God. How should I manage my finances going into 2022? I want to do better with managing my finances. Your proximity to the word of God is the key to growth and expansion. I believe that as a church as well, how we gather people is by faithfully teaching the word of God. How we do mission is by faithfully teaching the word of God. How we grow people up in their faith is faithfully teaching the word of God. Do you know how often many churches foolishly try to gather people and keep people by gimmicks and games and who has the best music and who has the best lights and, and who has the best cameras and who has the best child care and who has the best uh, uh, chicken. I don't know if y'all have seen the, you know, the church be like, yo, we got the best chicken over here. When I tell you that stuff is cool, but it's an add-on, it's an addition, it is your proximity to the word of God, to the teaching of the word of God. And all of this is great, but I've learned a long time ago that one of the ways that we grow people is by us just reading the word. Never underestimate the importance of this moment. Listen, one of the things I, I, I love about the worship team, and can we just make some noise for the worship team, like... Musicians aren't up here, but one of the things I love about our worship team and our musicians is they are gifted. God has, God has put something in them, and they're humble. You know, it ain't nothing like meeting a, a, a gifted musician or a gifted singer that got a bad attitude. Like, your, your gift is now just got thrown out the window. I don't even want to hear you anymore. But there is something beautiful when you match humility with gifting. But, but let, me, let, me, let me tell everybody that has a gifting in this room, whether it's singing, whether it's playing, or whatever gifting and art the Lord has put in your heart this next season, you will not grow whatever that is by continuing to work on the skill. You grow it by getting in the Word of God and seeing what God has to say about that skill, about that gift. And I want to caution us. I want to caution us to be a, not be a church that is looking around at all the trends and saying, oh, that's church growth and that's how you move. And this next season, this is the things that we should do. Like, look, let's do those things. But it's important for us to make sure that we are committed to the mission. And the mission has always been to see Brooklyn reach with the gospel message. And we only do that by preaching the word of God. Here's why I never stand up here and just talk. Besides Friday when we were here. When, I, when we have a, a moment to get into the word of God, I never want us to underestimate it. I spend my entire week pleading with the Lord to open up this word. Give us a word, God. Give us a word. And I do that. I mean, it's so much easier to just grab three points in the illustration and just talk. But it's something powerful when you say, Holy Spirit, I need you to speak to us. The Bible says that they are sitting in the boat and Jesus is teaching. He's not losing the crowd. He's not giving a self-help talk. He's not giving a pull yourself up by your own bootstraps talk. He's digging into the word of God. Don't expect impact and growth if you haven't gained a healthy rhythm of Bible intake. Don't expect it. I know many of us, my next season coming. Your next season won't come if you're not giving a healthy diet and a healthy rhythm and the word of God. You need the word. You, you need the word. You, you need to be taught the word. You, you, you need to sit around friends that discuss the word. You need friends that say, girl, what you doing? Let's, let's grab a Bible study for the rest of the week. Yo, you, you want to do a version devotional? Like, let's do a devotional. You need people in your life that constantly want to push you toward God's 
word. And one of the things I love about Jesus, you know, there's times where Jesus proclaims and then there's times that he just teaches. He, he explains. And many people will say, oh, man, it's the most boring part of the service. The reality is this is the climax of the service. This is the moment where we hear from God. This is the moment where the teaching happens. You know, there's another place in, in Acts chapter 2 that expansive growth happens. The Bible says that 3,000 souls get added to the church. Like, think about this building. Thank God for the building. Can you imagine 3,000 people today giving their life and joining the church? You know what type of problems we'd have in here? You know what type of discipleship issues we would have? 3,000 people added to the church. But do you know that the very next verse says in verse 42 of Acts chapter 2 that they then devoted themselves to the apostles. Here it is, teaching. It is the teaching that draws people. And let me just say, when I'm talking about teaching, I'm not talking about some man-centered teaching. I'm not talking about that teaching that tells you your, you know, your, your, your prosperity is on the way. Your house is cometh now and your money cometh now and, you know, go to your bank account and touch your bank. Like, I'm not talking, I'm talking flat-footed, getting the word. What does Luke mean when he says what he says in Luke chapter 5? Teaching. The word of God is what we need. And let me just promise you there are some moments that are anticlimactic. There's some moments you should walk out and you should be like, hey, man, oh, God, that was a good word. And there's some moments you should walk out with an attitude. That's good teaching. You ever had teaching, you walked out and was like, I can't believe he was all up in my joint like that. <laughs> Every now and then, you need to walk out and say, ouch. So the first thing, I'm on this point too long. The first thing, the first principle to, to, to uh, growth and expansion and impact, Josh, hear me, is proximity to the word. Not gifting. Proximity to the word. Secondly, check this out. It's obedience. Look at what happens in verse 4. It says, and when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, which is Peter, put out into the deep and let down your net for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we have toiled all night and we took nothing in, but at your word I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish. Please don't miss this. The Bible says that the nets begin to break and that the boats begin to sink, but it's important for you to understand the nets broke and the boat has sunk. Watch this, because of Peter's obedience. Can you imagine... Jesus saying, pull out a little bit and cast your net. Can you imagine Peter going, nah, bruh, not doing that. By the way, Jesus is a carpenter. What do you know about fishing? I'm, I'm the fisherman, and y'all know we get like that. Don't act like that in here, spiritual and super deep. There are moments where God will tell you to do something, and you will be like, God, you don't know better than I do. I went to school for this. As though God didn't create the school and the professors that taught us. But Peter here does not backtalk Jesus. He responds with immediate obedience. And the crazy thing about his obedience is his obedience isn't fueled with a bunch of faith. Think about the conversation. Jesus, pull out a little bit and cast your net. And Peter's response is, you know, we toiled all night. Like we didn't catch nothing. And then he gets to the point, nevertheless, I'll go and I'll cast my net on the other side. But notice something. Obedience in this passage isn't fueled by some crazy faith. There are often times where you will have to be obedient 
and your faith will have to catch up. Have you ever been there? God tell you to do something, you're like, oh God, you don't know. But you do it anyway, and you're allowing your faith to catch up. There's a, there's a passage where the disciple says, Lord, we believe. But then they say, help our unbelief. There are moments where you will be obedient, but your faith, like Peter isn't, the, he's not giving us the best example of faith. Because what happens is Peter's faith, he doesn't have faith in faith. Peter is able to move in obedience because he has faith in Jesus, not faith in faith. I don't know if that makes sense. There are moments where you are going to be going through life and God will say, make a left and everything in you will want to go right. But you'll have to have faith in Jesus' words, not faith in your own faith. Jesus says, launches out, launch out. And Peter, I'm paraphrasing, master, you know, we worked all night. This is our profession. This is what we do. You don't do this. You build houses. We catch fish. We do two different things. Why are you telling me how to do my job? But I love Peter here because in his obedience, he says, nevertheless, I don't have a ton of faith. I don't know how this thing is going to work out. But nevertheless, I will follow you. I love Peter here because he is so honest. And I don't know if God's ever told you to do something and you were hesitant. But let me promise you in this next season, personally for you, you have to launch out. I remember when the Lord called Ty and I to start this church. We were like, huh? In fact, no lie. She's here, so you can ask her. We thought about one or two other people that would have done an amazing job in Brooklyn. We was like, oh man, let them plant the church. We'll go. I wanted to be a good Gabe slash Pastor Timmy. Like, let me, let me just kind of support. Let me just be there. Let me just help. Like, I'm serious. That's what I want to do. That's how I saw my life going. It didn't make sense. And sometimes what happened to me is obedience kicked in and faith had to follow. Can I talk about this building for a second? Do you know there are still moments where faith is all the way behind me, but we're moving in obedience? When I look at the budget, first of all, I'm always like, Gabe, don't, I feel like, you know, the, the lady from the Wiz, don't, don't, nobody bring me no bad news. Gabe called me last night. I'm like, oh, Gabe, I was in the bed. He was like, hey, night, night. <laughs> so I'm like, don't bring me no bad news. Because oftentimes you will have to move in obedience and you'll have to allow the faith to catch up. And you have to be like Peter and you got to be like, I'm going to go cast the net, but, but, but I, I'm, I'm really not feeling this decision. I'm really not feeling, only honest people can say, any honest people in the house? Anybody that can say you ever have, okay, let me ask you this. We just conversating. Well, I'm glad y'all here. Can we just be honest? Like, have you ever stepped out or didn't step out because you were like, ah, I just don't know if that's the right decision. I know somebody is thinking it right now. Lord, help us to be obedient. Help us not to move based on what the culture says. Help us not to move based on what friends say, but help us to move based on what you say, this brings us back to uh, point number one, you got to have close proximity to the word because when you read the word, it's a conversation, prayer, you're talking to God, the word, he talks back to you. And that's why it's important that we have that devotional time. Whatever God tells us to do, we got to do it. Whatever decision he tells you to make, you got to make it. Whatever he tells you to go full force and go full steam ahead, you better run. And whenever he tells you to pause, you better pause. See, that's the hard part. It's easy when he says move forward. 
It's always more difficult, Devon, when he says, nah, slow down. Because for some reason, we think preparation is wasted time. We think holding patterns are a waste of time. I was on a flight one time, and, and, and we circled around the airport. You could literally see the airport. You could see where we were landing. We circled for about an hour, and I'm sitting there going, why are we not landing? But can you imagine if all of us landed at the same time? Sometimes that preparation season is extremely important. Obedience is what he's calling us to. He says, launch out. Go, I know you're tired. I know you think you know better than me, but launch out into the deep. And the Bible says that when he does that, breaking nets, sinking boats, increase, expansion, growth. Why? Because Peter was obedient. Point number one, they were devoted to being taught the word of God. The Bible says that a crowd was coming. Jesus turns Peter's boat into a pool pit. Point number two, Peter was obedient. Lastly, here's point number three. And I told you this is so important. In verse 11, it says that when they had brought their boats to the land, they left everything and followed him. The last point that you have to make sure that you get is that in this next season, it's going to require you not to show up with luggage. It's going to require us not to show up and try to put new wine in. Y'all got the word. In this next season, it's going to require us not to be continuing to say, well, you know, we did it like that in the last season. You, you know, it, it, here's the craziest part. Even if it worked in the last season, what if in the next season he's like, nah, we're not doing it that way, though. And this is why I always tell our staff here at Epiphany and our leaders, never get comfortable in whatever you did in the last season. Stop lusting over what God did because there's more he can do. So in this text, it says they left everything. They left careers. They left money. There's a point where the Bible says, oh, this is crazy. They left Zebedee in the boat, the father. They left people. I have no time to deal with the fact that some of us in the next season have to leave people behind. We have to leave relationships behind. We have to stop, like, you know, we know how we do with relationships. Like, God, I'm going to give you my time on Sunday, but Monday through Saturday, she's mine. Monday through Saturday, he's mine. But at the end of the day, God is like, no, you, you're going to have to leave everything behind. This, this, this word everything in the Greek is, is this word pas. It means to, a totality or whole, every aspect, everything. There's no, you have to come before God with an empty hand. You have to come before God like this. And when you come before God like this, you're showing God, God, I have nothing that I'm bringing, but you're also showing that I'm ready to receive. Whatever it is that you want me to do, I am ready to receive it. Expansion happens when you are willing to treasure Christ above what Ever you had in the last season. Expansion happens when you're ready to treasure Christ. When he's better than everything. Anybody have that testimony that Jesus is better than everything? I mean, I, these new iPhones, he's better than that. You know, they're, they're, this new space, he's better than that. There's nothing that, that can compare to who Jesus is. And so leaving everything for the Christian should be easy. 
I know it's not, but it should be easy because nothing compares to him. God wants to do something new. God wants to do something fresh. He wants to do something out the box. God wants to do something that is cutting edge and he can't do it if you're holding on to whatever you did in the last season. He wants you empty-handed. He wants you to leave everything. Can somebody just look at your neighbor? I know we got masks on. Just like whisper to them, he wants everything. Come on, look at somebody else and say, he wants everything. And can I promise you that if you are willing to let that thing go, that growth and expansion will blow your mind. You would be like, I can't believe I was holding on to this. I can't believe I thought that this was better than what God has for me. There is something else God wants to do. And the Bible says that booming expansion happened in this passage. Again, in a season where it didn't happen before, they now are experiencing something Great. And here's what's interesting about this passage. This is the passage where Peter, James, and John gave their life to the Lord. I I don't want to assume, you know, I know this is leaders and volunteers in here, but those of you who are piped on, I don't want to assume that every one of you know who Jesus is. Peter, James, and John give their life in this passage. And maybe you're like, ah, I'm just like, I'm too wicked. I'm too sinful. There's no way God wants me. Read the rest of the chapter because he saves a sinful tax, tax collector named Levi. This passage and salvation is for everybody. If you are willing to devote yourself to the word of God, if you are willing to leave everything behind, salvation can be yours. And here's the crazy thing. He wants you despite what you did. You think it defined you, but Jesus is like, I'm your identity. I'm your purpose. I'm your next season. And whatever it is you did, you are not what you did. Don't let it hold you. Don't let it, don't let it hinder you. Don't let it hijack you. But God wants to do something new. If we could play something soft. I don't know who it is in here that the pandemic has been rough. And we're talking about devotion to the word. You really haven't had that. We're talking about expansion. You've experienced a decrease. The last 20 months, you, you've experienced. It, it almost feels like, like God has rejected you. That's what you feel. Some of you feel like your prayers have gone up and hit the ceiling and came right back down. Never left the room that you're in. Reality is he wants you. Only if you're willing to leave everything behind. Only if you're willing to be obedient to him. Only if you're willing to have close proximity to the word. Breaking nets and sinking boats is what the next season is going to be for you. But it can only happen when those things happen. Father, I pray for everybody in this room, every musician, every singer, every artist, every whatever business people are pursuing. Or maybe we're just, we don't know what to do. Father, I pray that the next season, we wouldn't just look for stuff, but we'd look for you. Because you're enough. Pray, oh God, that even as expansion happens, and growth happens, I pray humility for all of us. I pray humility for whoever is on the other end of that camera. That they would realize that there's no room for pride in the kingdom. Who are we? I love, I, Father, I love Peter's response where he understood who Jesus was and he dropped to his knees. Father, would you help us? to be humble before you, 
Some of us need to drop and be at your knees and some of us need to lay prostrate. Father, would you do the work in this room? Help us to have the discipline to let it go. Help us to have the discipline to get in your word. Help us to have the discipline and discernment to be obedient to you no matter what. Father, I know this word is for somebody. And so, Father, I pray that the seed that is planted today would, I love this word, grow. That they would experience increase. And, Father, I do pray for us as a church. There's so much ahead of us, so much work ahead of us. But I believe that the workers are here. I believe that Brooklyn's finest is here. Father, I, I'm, I'm, I really believe that you are going to save people in this next season. Help us to be ready. Help us to be on. Help us to, to all put our hands to the plow to create a distraction-free environment where people can grow. People can learn and people can be impacted and people can confess sin. Father, I also pray for that person that doesn't know you. I'll end here. You told us in 1 John that if we would confess our sins to you, that you are faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and you'll purify us from all unrighteousness. So, Father, would you do that work in our hearts today? Breaking nets, sinking boats, may that mark the next season of our lives. It's in Christ's name I pray. Amen.